Hey, Don. Hello, Zach. This week, my buddy BP, he sent me an article about America's history. And while we could talk about all the different wars and different technological innovations that we had in our country, this article just talked about a favorite cultural pastime that happened kind of between the late 1800s and the 1930s. And that was the American passion for watching staged train wrecks. And here's the best paragraph I read. One of the first staged train wrecks was done in 1895 by a railroad equipment salesman named A.L. Streeter in Ohio. The wreck used the same formula that nearly other staged train wrecks would follow for the next 40 years. Organizers would lay a stretch of track, usually anywhere from 1,800 feet to a mile long, and then get two old steam locomotives and put them at either end of the track facing each other. They would then hire two brave locomotive engineers to wait for a signal from the organizer. When they got the go-ahead, the engineers would pull the throttles back as far as they could to get the locomotives up to speed. They would then jump from the locomotives before the two trains crashed in front of a crowd who had paid a few dollars to see the spectacle. And Don, this Atlas Obscura article just goes on to talk about a hidden past in American culture that never gets talked about. People signing up paying to watch a train wreck. What would you think about this? The idea of train wreck and the term train wreck has been tossed around by you and I and many others for a long time. And to read the article about actual train wrecks, it was too surreal. I couldn't believe it. And as I read about this one train wreck with 40,000 people paying and watching, where a couple people died and a bolt went through some guy's eyeball, like, this is insane. And the crowd loved it. Oh my gosh, I thought a train, I thought monster truck racing was wild. This is truly insane and really dangerous. I was so stunned when I got this article, just like you, to think, wait a second, people were going to county fairs paying to watch this. And I guess clearly, is this where that expression, this is a train wreck, it came from? I mean, it, it seems very likely that this is maybe where it came from. And you're right. They talked about this sort of event, and uh, it was called the Crash at the Crush, I think. And it was it, it basically happened where somebody like basically said, "Let's put on this train wreck." They had to build a mini city because of all the people that were flooding into this town to basically come and watch two locomotives smash into each other. They were drilling like water. They were putting up mini housing. And as you said, once they crashed the, the trains and parts flew everywhere in the explosions, people were excited. At first, the organizers fired the guy that was in charge because they were like, people are dead and I can't believe this. And then when the crowd came back so happy, they rehired the organizer. Just stunning in so many ways. Well, these were put on all over the place and they'd lay the track just for it. Like, all right, well, we'll get a track crew out here. We're going to lay the track. We're going to ram these two trains against each other. It's just, it's so much. I mean, and you get it, the idea of, of what current humanity is and what watching TikTok videos of car crashes or boat crashes or whatever crazy, awful thing happens on TikTok. Somebody needs to get this old train footage and put it on TikTok. Yes, on the website where this article is, they had a picture of the two locomotives, like almost the moment before they smash into each other. It's too bad they didn't have a motion picture at that point or that somebody wasn't taking it. I can't imagine what this thing would have looked like. 
although I don't know, maybe Hollywood movies get it right. And maybe we've seen enough explosions that we wouldn't be that stunned by it. But I got to assume in an era where nobody has seen explosions or collisions like that, I got to assume that was stunning. If almost, I wonder if you think our generation, because we have seen so many movies, we wouldn't be that impressed by it. Maybe it wouldn't look as dramatic just because we've seen so many slow motion kind of explosions in movies. Maybe not on the on screen or especially a small screen. But if you were there, I mean, you got to imagine the ground just thunders and the level of noise has just got to be unbelievable. It's like watching the Blue Angels on YouTube versus being there and actually seeing the Blue Angels, except much more so. I got to imagine the ground shakes. Literally, things are flying over your head and all over the place. There's a fireball. Like, this is just wild. To see this in person, I can see why 40,000 people went. What was great was that uh, the organizer asked a bunch of train engineers about, like, if they thought it was safe, and they all did think it was going to be safe. Even though parts are flying everywhere, I have to assume people said, well, we want people to stand back. But given that nobody's done a train crashing before, probably they were guessing as to how far people should stand back. There was one witness at this thing, this is the 1895 crash that said it was more terrifying than Gettysburg. And <laughs> I love, I love this quote because here you are in 1895 when literally you could have had veterans from Gettysburg watching this sort of event. And I just thought, my God, isn't that amazing just to think that people were talking about Gettysburg at this event. Well, and also think about life. Life was pretty mundane and actually probably depressing for almost all these people. (laughs) Things were not, little kids died all the time. People didn't live very long. Most of your life was about getting enough food or getting the, uh, the crop tilled and hoping for the best. There was no TV or radio. There was no motion pictures. Like the only thing in life that was exciting is something you personally saw. And most things weren't put on just for amusement. Like you might see a circus once or twice in your life, but now you go to see this giant, crazy train wreck. It's got a change. It's, it's got a whole different level of level of uh, interest in your life because of what you're comparing it to. I remember going to a farm and they said that like, they'd give little boys a stack of rocks and have them stand out by a field, throw rocks at birds when they try to eat the seed, in the field. Okay. So that's your life of your eight as an eight, 10 year old boy. And I would say eight to 10 year old boys are uniquely well suited for throwing rocks at birds, but still it's a pretty boring day compared to this. That might be the thing that happens that you talk about with your friends for the next three years, the craziest, most amazing thing you ever saw in your life. Oh, I I think you'd be talking about it for the rest of your life, not just three years, but you're right about kind of life back then. And again, especially if you haven't seen things like movies before, what your brain can probably even imagine is probably really kind of difficult for something like a, a train wreck. It's funny, you were saying about, you know, life back then, you know, I've, I've been to a fair number of county fairs or state fairs in my life. And those things harken back to the time where the fair was the major gathering point at the end of a harvest, right? And people would bring in their, you know, prize winning cow or their prize winning pig, or, you know, women might bring in their quilting, or maybe you see a statue made out of butter or other just sorts of novelty things. And yet you think about fairs also having some amusement rides and stuff like that. And yet, this would have blown away any of those sorts of events, just given the the impact and the idea of trains 
smashing into each other. And you're right. If you were a small boy back then, or even a man or a woman, this would have been a major exciting thing. Yes, uh, absolutely. The idea, everything about it would got to be the event of your lifetime or your mom's lifetime, or even telling stories. It's a story to tell everybody, you know, you're the guy that was at the train wreck. You might as well have been at the Oscars or something like that, right? <laughs> That's true. But they said that this wasn't the only one. Again, for like 40 years, this is something that Americans seem to be interested in. There is a book out there with a great title. It's called The Man Who Wrecked 146 Locomotives. And it's about the story of Joe Connolly. This was a guy who grew up in Iowa. And I just want to read you this quote because I think what Joe's childhood is like is something that a lot of people can maybe relate to. And it says... Connolly grew up in Iowa along the tracks and as a boy often wondered what would happen if two trains ran into each other. I believe that somewhere in the makeup of every normal person there lurks the suppressed desire to smash things up, Connolly wrote in an article in 1933. So I was convinced that thousands of others would be just as curious as I was to see what actually would take place when two speeding locomotives came together. And Don, isn't that the same idea that we all have weird thoughts or weird combinations in our minds that we want to see things get blown up or some weird oddity happen? Isn't that just a very universal thought? Yeah, and very few people get a chance to put that into action. Vince McMahon aside, like how many people have said, I'd like to see two giant guys fight to the death in a cage or jump off a 30-foot cage and crash down on somebody. This guy just had an idea and actually put it into action. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of permitting there. We had a real uh, <laughs> we, had, we had real freedom then. You could do whatever you want anytime for the better or probably more likely for the worse. But you could just do things. This is true free enterprise. I, go, this guy. And the end, the story at the end of the article about how he just walks away because the waste was too much for everybody during world war the depression it was just like yeah i guess that's over well that was an idea that worked for a long time i i want to read the book now do you think he ever set up three lines of uh track coming towards each other and like had one point set up like i i i want to know how extreme or how crazy it got well they you're right i'd love to know did they get three did they get four trains or i mean that would be a way to like really up the ante maybe this could be your retirement job as become a promoter of staged train wrecks they did say that they did start to up the ante with they put dynamite and strapped it to the front of the locomotives they also took some of the freight cars and they they put a bunch of gas and like hot coals in there to help increase explosions in 1932 they said that they named one train hoover the other roosevelt and then smashed him it looked like they were trying to do some things which i kind of like your vince mcmahon wrestling uh comparison in terms of What's something that people have never seen before that we can control and kind of send people home happy, right? Because I guess once you've seen one regular locomotive crash, you probably want to see something else the next time, right? Yeah, I'd imagine so. And you want to see how you can up the ante, make it more interesting. But yeah, Vince McMahon is like, how can I sell tickets to this crazy thing that's going to happen? And I imagine that's what the Ringley brothers were doing. Like, what is the next wild thing we can do? What if we get some kid, some girl that'll bend herself up into like a pretzel and we'll get that? Or do we could get an elephant? Or what's the craziest thing we can do to get people there? Actually, probably going back to the Roman Coliseum. This is just one of the more American ideas. We have lots of space. We like trains. Let's throw up a train wreck. That's a uniquely American one. Well, that's a really good point. 
about the Coliseum, right? And obviously that was human death that was going on, but a lot of humans wanted to watch it. And here's something that's just, I guess, death of metal, death of the machine that people are okay watching. As you were saying, by 40 years later or so, people are just like, why are we wasting locomotives? These are hard to make. These are expensive. And people start to kind of, you know, turn away from the idea. But then I also just sort of was connecting that with your boy, uh, Joey Chestnut, uh, completed another hot dog eating contest. And, you know, you watch that and all you hear about is all the contestants and that this person holds the record for number of clams eaten an hour, or this person's eating a 25 pound burrito, you know, food eating or competitive food eating always seems like kind of a train wreck sport and yet extremely wasteful. And I've always thought what a developing nation that maybe struggle just to feed their own populations think when they're watching people put down 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's another way of another kind of, well, we can call it a train wreck, but it's just how fast or how is somebody going to throw up? What's going to happen? Like that's a kind of a contained chaos and that's what people want to see. But that's what football is. American football is just like, we don't watch American football to see great punting and fair catches. <laughs> we want to see the linebacker come through and rip the running back's head off and roll his skull down the field, beat his chest. Like that's what we want to see. We want to see somebody in basketball. We want to see somebody really dunk on another guy and embarrass him and flex on him. But those are very, very contained with lots of rules and they're the most profitable ones we've found. But the other ones that we are, they're more extreme and maybe more controversial are harder to contain. It's hard because there is so much you can see on YouTube, so much you can see in movies that the circus is less interesting than it used to be. And that's why the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus no longer tours because it was just, it was really neat when you had nothing else to think about or look at that might be the highlight of your month or your year. But we saw it a while back. It was cool but I don't think our kids are talking about it for weeks on end. But if your life is so mundane, it was that thing. And that's a really good point. Is it just the idea that we've just seen so much, experienced so much? I mean, you can go to a zoo in your local area probably, and therefore seeing the animals the circuit has is like, well, I've, I've seen those before. Now, maybe, you know, the bears aren't dancing or something like that, but you're right about that in terms of, I, again, I, I kept wondering, would a stage train wreck work today? And I feel like if it was, like if you were to bill it, I think you could get people to come out once, but I would be afraid that once it gets out onto YouTube, it just kind of wouldn't work. I mean, you hear about like comedians nowadays and they're one of their biggest struggle is that people will record the show and therefore jokes that they have get put out there really fast. And therefore it's really hard to have the novelty kind of continue and stuff like that. I guess I wonder by the 1930s, if it was going on for 40 years, anybody who wanted to watch a planned train wreck, see one. And therefore they're like, yeah, I've seen one of these. I'm, I'm not, not as interested anymore. Yeah. So I remember reading about comedians and I like that comparison and a uh, comedian, Mary Seinfeld in this book, he talked about, well, if you come to the town and do the material you've already recorded a special for, they'll come and they'll laugh but they won't come again. So you have to come with new material every single time. Otherwise they won't come and see you again after that. And so that's the constant struggles creating new material. And so if you're doing the train wreck, yeah, once it's out there, once it's on YouTube, you, how do you recreate that? And I mean, this guy was traveling around. And so he's doing different train wrecks in different places and bringing different people because people weren't very mobile. 
you didn't just like, you know, Hey, let's go to uh, <laughs> Mackinac for the day. Like, no, no, no. That would be a week long trip, three days to get up there, three days to get back. And you maybe spend a day on the Island. So it was, uh, it was different. People weren't very mobile. So you could get away with that, but I like your idea. I mean, it's really hard to do something that's going to be novel continuously. That's what people always kind of want to see. I was trying to think of other kind of modern day train wreck examples. You talked about football. I was thinking like, does anybody actually want to watch NASCAR to just watch the cars go around in the circle 500 times? I've always found auto racing kind of boring. Maybe I just don't get sport. However, I do feel like a lot of people kind of tune in because they want to see if there's going to be a wreck, right? Am Am I insane on that? Hockey. I just don't get it. I know that there is a cult following of fans that, but don't most people just want to watch hockey fights? Just the other day, there was a great documentary on ESPN that was reliving the Red Wings avalanche rivalry in the late 90s, where all these guys did were just fight. And people were just showing up, waiting for somebody to go cheap shot another guy. And it just kind of made me realize, like, there's a real appeal just sort of watching anything but the actual sport monster trucks uh is another thing where people want to see if these things are going to tip one time i went to a monster truck show in east lansing and they took a jet engine and put it on the back of a go-kart and and made this thing like spin around in the arena i mean you could literally feel your eyebrows singeing off but the crowd went wild for it but i got to assume the next time you watch it it wouldn't be that exciting yeah, I wonder if monster trucks are as popular as they used to be or if they're getting as much uh, people there. We went a long time ago. And yes, it was nuts, but we haven't been back. They still sell out like Fort Field and Major Dome. So I, I, there must be people that are excited for that stuff. I was thinking about like the Jackass movies or TV show where, you know, guys were like riding down a hill in a shopping cart. I mean, just stupid stuff but clearly there were a lot of people that that enjoyed watching that stuff backyard wrestling if you remember there was a whole era where they were selling those movies on tv uh i don't know i I, it just it was an interesting kind of concept to think about well you and i heard about a uh a new there's new york times article about these bars that are hosting like amateur wrestling night and it's wrestling (laughs) and beer and I was like, I am into that. I want to be there for that and watch that and check it out in person. Um, small venue. Let's see this. But probably only once. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, I think, like I said before, TikTok and YouTube, you can just watch forever and see what see something crazy happening. And then and you're from a safe distance, but it's addictive. And what I've noticed is I get on Facebook and there's just these Facebook reels, which is from Instagram, which is copying TikTok, which is five to 20 second videos of something wild happening. And it's addictive as all heck to to watch. So, yeah, I I mean, I think there's so many ways to take in footage of this that you just see less people willing to make this big trip. That said, I'm all in on an actual train wreck. (laughs) I have to admit, if it was the first one, because I, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a real one, but I also wonder if it would just be like, oh, I, I guess I really didn't want to see this, even though I showed up to watch this, because uh, it, it would just be horrible to probably hear the sound and just to see the explosions. I got to assume how loud and, uh, you know, just it, it seems to be really unnerving, I guess, in some ways. 
Oh, extremely and terrifying, but that's part of it. I mean, that's why people go to scary movies, right? To be scared and to be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like it is, it is what it is. It is something that was very, very stimulating. And I think would be again, but the zoning laws, where, where can we run two trains into each other? What state has the least amount of laws? Nevada? Nevada's flat. There's lots of space there. Well, much of it's flat. We could, we could do a train wreck outside Vegas. Don't you think people would show up? Somewhere on the desert seems like a good place. Nevada, maybe, maybe uh, West Texas, somewhere in Arizona. The problem is it's going to be like 120 degrees and just standing around waiting for a train wreck just seems like it's already hard. Ah, uh, you hire some motorcycles to do that uh, globe of death thing or something like that. You do some other things, get a circus there. <laughs> Have you ever seen the globe of death? I feel like in theory I've seen it, but I don't know if I've actually seen it in, in real time. I, oh yeah, you you is, it, is it fun to watch Fair. for more than a minute? Oh, it's fascinating for about a minute. You know, okay. I mean, I I I'd written this down because a couple of years ago I took my family to the Fall Festival in Frankfurt, Michigan. You know, I mean, I'd say there was a thousand people. We were all crowding around, and at the top of a uh, a fire truck ladder, they had a. I don't know, maybe a 1000 pound pumpkin. And then they just had like this beater car right below it at 5 PM. They were just going to release the pumpkin onto the beater car. I mean, people, there was a buzz of anticipation as everybody just wanted to see a large pumpkin drop on a car and just see what happened. Right. And there was a big countdown and then bam. And it was a pretty neat moment. I mean, a huge <laughs> mess, pumpkin everywhere, smash car. Somebody else had to clean it up, but that was kind of a ritual. I remember Davison, Michigan still does a pumpkin drop every year. They pump that pumpkin full of water and then they drop it, you know, I don't know, 20 stories and whole crowd goes crazy. The opening rift to Sweet Home Alabama plays after. I mean, people still want to see things get smashed. Gallagher, the comedian, right? He used to smash all those watermelons. People liked it. The, the Davison people need to up the ante. They need to put it, fill it with gas and set, or dynamite and set it on fire on the way down. <laughs> that that might be a good one I, I mean i would just say that like <laughs> if tomorrow you were saying like hey we're gonna be dropping watermelons just off of my roof onto my driveway i might say well don can i come by and watch with my kids we get a slow day tomorrow uh we did the pumpkin drop every year off our treehouse in the back mm. it isn't as exciting as it sounds because the treehouse isn't that high but it's exciting for us and then you know what yeah. cleans it up the deer oh they're watching from the forest. That's a real big annual uh, <laughs> yeah. thing for them. Yeah, we're going to eat the heck out of that stuff in an hour or two. Well, I don't know. I feel like American culture or maybe the high part of Amer the high part of American culture or those people who sort of set the canon for what it is that we're supposed to like and appreciate. I feel like, you know, somewhere out there is the idea that we are supposed to be listening to Mozart reading Shakespeare, enjoying Rembrandt paintings. But I feel like most people don't appreciate, enjoy, or even give a chance to try any of those things. Most people just want train wrecks. They want pumpkins getting smashed. They want to watch reality television shows where people just kind of scream at each other and maybe throw a bad punch. Do you think we should be teaching then about train wrecks in schools i don't recall the american history curriculum in our school district having a, a section or a chapter about our stage train wrecks and our culture for loving this kind of low brow uh activity 
but it seems like it's right in line with where we currently are as a society and what we still like to do. Should we be teaching this and making people feel better about their current entertainment choices? The other day, my friend Kevin McCarthy came over. He, uh, he lived, we were friends with him in California. I haven't seen him a lot since then. He's talking about how he taught U.S. history last year in a theme-based manner. So each week was a theme rather than doing it chronologically as textbooks do. He did it by theme, which I thought was fantastic. And he was talking about different things he could do. You could easily do the theme of train wrecks and then have kids find their own train wreck. Like, okay, do a whole day on this thing, this idea of train wrecks and everything. And then what is your train wreck? And then they could go <laughs> lonely housewives or what is it called? The uh, housewives show desperate yeah. housewives. You know, that's my train wreck. Okay. Uh, my, the next train wreck is that survivor show or what, whatever interests people. I mean, it is a theme that you could find throughout history. What is it that people love and watch just to see everything melt down? And you could find it anywhere doing anything. Speaking before you were of Mozart and Rembrandt and reading, I like all these things, but I also like a train wreck. We need a little variety in life. It can't be all train wrecks because then you get numb to it. But every once in a while, I'd be into the train wreck. Every year, there's always a day where we talk about gladiators in my ancient history class. And usually kids by the end are, they're always fascinated by gladiators, but they're also like, you know, this is what sets us apart today from those people back then is like, we do want to watch boxing or MMA and we do want to see people get hurt, but we don't want to see people die. That's, that's usually how a 12 year old mind can kind of show progress for humanity and stuff like that. I guess I take that to then say you have a very interesting idea for a lesson is go find your modern day train wreck equivalent. And then I guess my question is, is like, you know, the housewives of Atlanta fighting, is that better or worse than just setting up two locomotives and having them, you know, smash each other? Which one is uh, a, a better activity for humanity? Uh, I think trains, because it's intentional. You're not watching other people's misery. You're just watching the two trains collide. Sure, it's destruction of property and things like that, but it's not like two people. I, I get upset watching people get upset with each other. Maybe I'm too, <laughs> but two trains colliding. I, I love that. Well, it would be a way to say that I'm better than my forefathers, right? Because this is my train wreck, <laughs> but my train wreck of watching pumpkins smashing a beater car, it makes me better than those people back in 1820 that were watching locomotives. Or you could have a real debate in class, I guess, about does your current modern day train wreck make you better or worse off than the people 100 years ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. And you could argue, you have a tournament of train wrecks. You know, put your 64 or 32 different things and then you could have debates in class. This could be an entire month. Like, all right, real housewives versus actual train wrecks. And then you could have a vote. You could. Yeah, that'd be good stuff. I, I actually I, th I think you get the engagement back up because you, you'd be able to engage kids on their TikTok and their YouTubes and, you know, bringing up all sorts of weird things. I bet you'd see all sorts of weird things that kids are watching, maybe kittens fighting or with yarn or something. I don't know. Or people pouring mustard on each other. Who knows? I just can't imagine what's even out there and what would be brought to your eyes for the first time as an adult. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, this would be, I'm sure the kids know all sorts of stuff that we don't know because we're not on TikTok and we're not on whatever and seeing the current things that are happening. They'd be probably be of a, much better, much better perspective on it. 
I guess at the end of the day, you know, we like to look at our history as these rebellious people that have principles that fought the British, defend the Constitution, we free the world. And while we've been doing all of those things, we've also just been enjoying train wrecks right along with it. Yeah, absolutely. And we're loving it. That's true. We're loving it. I Speaking of the last one I kind of wrote down from memory was a long time ago, my family, 30 years ago, we went to a place called Gatorland in Florida. And it's a place that brags about having 10,000 alligators kind of in it's like, I don't know, zoo or whatever it was, swamp park. And I'll always remember, though, the highlight was we all stood around this like pond and you couldn't see anything. And then they had a wire just full of full chicken carcasses that they had put across the pond, maybe eight, 10 feet in the air. And all of a sudden you just saw gators going vertical, trying to eat this chicken and the, yeah, and the screams and everybody was excited as a kid. It's still one of the most memorable things I've ever seen in my life. Does that qualify as a train wreck Don, or is that just good family entertainment? I know it's good family entertainment. I mean, that's <laughs> maximizing revenue there. You can feed the giraffes at the zoo for an extra few bucks and give them a leaf. This is just a whole other level of it. And I too have been to a gator farm and man, that's a stinky place to be. (laughs) Well, I don't know if uh, this article is going to change anybody's life, but I would highly recommend that if you are an American, you owe it to yourself to understand where your forefathers have been and to read this article. I will of course post a link into our show notes. Uh, Don, any final thoughts about America's history and fascination with train wrecks? Oh, love it. I think it's, I think I really want to teach history just to teach this lesson. Yes. Or maybe I could come in and be a, a co-teacher with you for this day. I want to have this tournament. Hey, I, I know a lot of history teachers. Maybe we can, I, I can change classes with them for a day and do this one. I want to do this one. <laughs> the train wreck tournament. It would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Don, it's been a pleasure talking with you this week. I look forward to talking with you next week. Absolutely, Zach. Have a good one. Take care. Bye.